You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Boston College. AJ Black here. This is our last episode of the year 2020. Thank goodness this has been a rough year. And we're going to talk a lot about the NC State BC basketball game from tonight. The game just wrapped up. I just rewatched the last minute because I had a lot of thoughts about that. So we're going to go and deep dive into the game, talk about what happened, and go over why BC lost. Again, BC just lost again, 79-76, in a game they had the lead at the very end, but they still couldn't wrap things up. So let's jump in and talk basketball. Now this game opened up, just like seemingly the games for Boston College against good opponents have been for the last couple weeks. They just couldn't get anything going, and NC State had a double-digit lead, and it looked good. I mean, hey, you know, if you were better and you had that nine and a half spread on betonline.ag, you're feeling pretty good about how that game, the game was starting to set up. The BC's offense was a mess. They were turning the ball over left and right. Tabs wasn't a part. Winston Tabs was not part of any of the offensive sets, and it looked like you know NC State was just going to roll through this game. You know, they kept getting the ball down to their big guy um, DJ Funderburk, who was back after an injury. And he just was unstoppable. He had 17 points in that first half for NC State. But credit to Boston College in that respect because BC hung with NC State. So, you know, as NC State started to really pull that lead together, BC chipped away at it. You know, in the, in the first first half, the lead got all the way up to 14 at one point. Actually, 15. And by the time halftime hits, it's down to 10. And that's when Winston Tabs starts to go off. In the second half, Winston Tabs hits three three pointers in, in um, a span of a couple minutes and really brings them back. Um, Rich Kelly also hits a pair of threes. BC shot pretty well uh, for the game from three point range. They shot uh, 43%, which is very good compared to what NC State was doing, you know. Um, you're going to stay in games if that's what's going to happen. And NC State, they were unraveled that second half. You know, BC had every opportunity to win this game. And so what I'm going to say now, there's been two types of losses for Boston College, right? You have the 40-point blowouts to Syracuse. And then you have these games. This is a game Boston College should have won, and they blew it. They had this game, okay? They had the lead. They could have put this team away. They had the ball with 24 seconds in that second half. And what? let's look at that because I, I, I can't believe what we watched just a moment ago because that last minute of basketball by Boston College was one of the worst executed series of events I've seen in a basketball game in a long time. And, and I mean in in big moments, right? Because obviously you could say, oh, that Syracuse game was a bad executed basketball game. I'm talking BC had, you know, they were doing fine, and all they needed to do was get a good shot off to get that entry wing pass in to Winston Tabs, and they couldn't do that. And then after that, so they're down by one. What's, I'm getting ahead of myself. So Tabs hits the three. They re- NC State responds back and hits a shot of their own to go up by one. BC gets the ball back with 24 seconds. 
with a chance to win the game. They pass it in to Winston Tabs, but it's a terrible pass. And Daniels on um, NC State jumps on it, and it's a tie ball. It, the ball goes right back to NC State. Then, what's even more inexplicable, this happens with like 13 seconds left. NC State inbounds the ball, and BC doesn't foul them. They just let them dribble it out. And so B- NC State gets the ball across midcourt, and then they get an easy layup. So BC, instead of following them, they would have had the chance to tie the game if they stopped them. You know, if you follow a team when they're down by one, the most they're going to get is two shots. You get a three-pointer, you're back in this game. Instead, NC State basically just, you know, iced the game. But so they hit the free, th- they hit the the layup. BC has the ball with four seconds left. They had no timeouts because they wasted all their timeouts and they could they couldn't stop the clock. They inbound it. I think it was Jay Heath. It hucks the ball with like two and a half seconds left. The ball bounces uh, with still time left off. He had more than enough time to get that ball up even further. So you have all of these series of poorly executed set pieces that caused Boston College to lose this game. And I will take getting your butt kicked by Syracuse over blowing games that you could have won. Because Syracuse, just you just look at that and you go, okay, Syracuse is a better team than BC. They were better in that game. They deserve that win. NC State did not deserve to beat BC last night. Okay? They did not deserve to beat the Eagles. The Eagles beat themselves. And that is much more frustrating than what we saw in some of those other games. So this is this is an inexcusable loss tonight. This is a loss that, when you look at why Jim Christian's tenure has been a failure, why this team can't get out of their own way, why they can't get out of the basement of the ACC, it's stuff like tonight. It's stuff where they could do things if they if they were coached well, if they were prepared well, they could finish these types of games off and win. But they couldn't. They, they just couldn't do it. And that, that that ends up with another loss. Now, Boston College is 2-6, and six, and they're heading off to face Louisville, who is, you know, inconsistent themselves. But they're a much better team, too. So you're looking at, by the end of this weekend, Boston College being 2-7. and seven, And at least a handful of these games were winnable games. And Boston College could not put the icing on the cake. They blew it. And there's no excuses for this. And for fans to sit there and watch this, they're going to be going, what just happened? Why is my team playing this way? And you know the answer to it. I'm not going to just lay it out there. I'm just going to say it flat out. This is the worst loss of the year. You know, Syracuse was one thing. This is the, in Florida was bad too. This was the worst loss. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the game. Now let's talk about betonline.ag. If you have not checked them out, they are the one place that we trust and that we go to when we want to place our wagers. That again is betonline.ag. Now there's all sorts of wagers you can get involved in right now. There's NFL games this week. There's college football. There's college basketball. Heck, yesterday I had a couple wagers down. And those would have been the BC game. I, I put my... Yeah, it's going to sound like a... a, like a unreliable here, but I put money on on um, NC State winning that game by 9.5 and I was wrong. I should have but what I also did was I listened to the guys on Locked On Bets uh, 
and I bet on Oklahoma. And as I'm recording this, they are spanking Florida. So that was I should have just listened to the podcast. But go on over to betonline.ag and, and listen to the Locked On Bets podcast, which I'm going to talk about in another moment, because they're going to help you make your best bets. Now, they have a special promotion at betonline.ag. All you need to do when you sign up, you enter that code locked on, and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. Again, head on over to betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on to get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. As I just mentioned, you need to check out the Locked On Bets podcast. Betting on college basketball and college football shouldn't be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. Just as a reminder, tomorrow we will not have a new podcast. It's New Year's, so we get the day off. If you haven't already, go back and listen to some of our older episodes. We have a whole full slate of four, four shows this week that you can listen to some of our other ones. I recommend going back and listening to some of our uh, National Signing Day week. I thought there was some great podcasts there. Go back and check some of those out. There's interviews. There's uh, analysis. All sorts of great stuff on there. But before we get into um, more football talk, let's wrap up our conversation on Boston College at NC State. So the Eagles, they're now 2-7. and seven. What were some positives? I, I, you know, I, got, I was very revved up in that first segment. And I apologize. I, 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 it was just so tough to watch. But what were some of the positives from that first, uh, from that game today? Winston Tabs, that second half, he played extremely well, and he played with a chip on his shoulder, a little bit too much at points. You know, when he was shoving that NC State player uh, in the back and John a little bit. I, I like that swagger a little bit, but. Uh, when you can't follow through at the end, and that that last play was Daniels ripping the ball out of him, it makes it look a, a little weak at the end. So I like it though. You know, a little bit of swagger from Winston Tabs. He finished with 18 points. Jay Heath, I thought, played pretty well. He finished with 17 points. So the two guards played pretty well. Makai Ashton Langford, I you know, <clears throat> he did what he needed to do. Um, I, he had that flagrant foul, which was not very good. I, I, you know what though, if you watch that flagrant foul, it did not look like he was attacking the guy in the head, but it is what it is. You know, some of those calls are bang, bang plays and it's hard to call. So I thought the three guards played pretty well, uh, guys and, and Stefan Mitchell, I had to give him credit too. Uh, he had a double, double and he played pretty well. Now things I did not like, I already talked about the last minute. The one thing. One aspect of BC's game I really want to talk about, and on especially on the offensive side, is the are the bigs shooting three pointers. I hate that. I know Karnick and Mitchell both hit one, but they are such low percentage three point shooters. They should not be th- jacking up threes when BC needs to stay in games because it's just such a low percentage shot. You can get better looks than that, and I don't care how wide open James Karnick is. Every time he launches up a three pointer. I kind of gasp because it never looks pretty, and he should be he should be down low. I, he's not a stretch uh, big guy. I, I just don't see it in him. Um, and they were doing that a, a lot. I saw a lot of bad threes <laughs> uh, from some guys that shouldn't be shooting them. So that was one thing I really didn't like. Um, I thought the interior defense was bad again. 
excuse me, it was really bad. They let up 46 points in the paint tonight. Uh, that's not going to win you many games. Especially, you know, when you have a team like NC State that was really struggling from three-point range, you know, you should be able to kind of lock them down down low, and they were not able to do that at all. But, I mean, I the um, Funderburk just looked unstoppable underneath the net. And then you had Helms, who was my player of the game to watch for, had 20 points. So it was not a good game. C.J. Felder fouled out, and I didn't think defensively they looked all that great at all, um, especially down low. So that again, this is an issue that continues to happen. You know, when we talked at the beginning of the season, one of the big issues that we talked about was that BC didn't have any any big guys. You know, you have C.J. Felder playing the center position at six nine. You have um, Stefan Mitchell at 6'8", but you don't have that like 6'11", 7 foot tall center that can that can play underneath. And neither of those guys, neither Felder or Mitchell can really man up when they have a big physical center in there like Funderburk. And we've seen this happen now in multiple games where Boston College cannot defend underneath. And they're giving up way too many easy buckets underneath there. It's a major flaw with this team. I know there's a lot of issues with Boston College basketball right now, but I, I, when I see what they give up underneath the underneath the the net and in that paint, you understand why this team is two and seven because they they just can't stop it. And you're gonna find more and more teams are gonna exploit them more and and figure this out as the season goes along. And the issue that's gonna cause is you know. Um, you got to assume at some point that Christian's going to adapt to this. He's going to have to, or they're going to get blown out every game. So if they continue to do that and maybe try to help out underneath or whatever, that's going to leave three pointers open, three point shooters open on the out outside. It's going to help teams spread out more. It's it, it's not good for the defense. And again, this was another game where BC didn't play all that great on defense and stayed in this one because I thought NC State kind of shot themselves in the foot a lot. A lot of those turnovers were not BC-led turnovers. They were just mental mistakes by NC State. So, you know, the interior defense, we, we, the issues you can line up over and over again. And the positives, I thought the guards, as I said earlier, were, were good were good to go. Um, I don't know where this team is going to go from here. I just don't see... You can find a million different ways to lose games. Good teams find ways to win. Bad teams find ways to lose. And uh, just look at the results. They're, they're speaking for themselves at this point. Um, and, and it's tough to watch. I know most BC fans at this point have kind of checked out on BC basketball. Um, but it's <laughs> it was frustrating to watch tonight, I can tell you that much. Now, in our final segment tonight, let's, let's change it up. Let's talk a little bit about uh, football and um, our final moments of the year and i realized (laughs) this is aj with his uh executive functioning here that i didn't realize that we weren't going to have a show on friday so i didn't time out the 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 numbers right so we're going to have to dive into even more today than we have in the last couple days so we got we've got some we've got some business to take care of so let's put the bc basketball game on the back burner and let's move on and look at some of the big moments from uh the rest of this year This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. If you have not already, please follow us on Twitter at LockedOnBC. And make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite uh, podcast directory. 
And if you know anyone that likes Boston College, please share our podcast with them. We love word of mouth. It's the best way to grow our little podcast. Now, as we have mentioned before, we are doing our top 10 moments of the 2020 year. And if you want to go back and listen to previous episodes, you can catch up where we had um, some, put some other other teams and different activities. So, for instance, we had Emma Guy's um, game winner against Notre Dame, women's basketball's run, uh, the hockey's winning streak, Halfley at halftime. Uh, those were all some of our big moments. Today, we're going to give you four. And there are top four moments. And I'm going to say, just based off of what we had this year, they're all going to be football. So uh, here is our top four. Number four was the win against Texas State. Now, this was a game no one thought Boston College should lose. Going into this, Boston College was a 20-plus point favorite. But when they got into the game, Texas State put it to them. And it looked like at one point that Texas State was going to win this game. But at the very end of the game, this was the big one where Aaron Bumeri kicks a game-winning field goal to win it for the for Boston College. BC barreled back. They, they fought, they fought, they fought. And Bumeri hits the game winner. So why is this so big, though? So if it's a game that they should have won, why, did, why, why would you put this on a top 10 list? It was just that moment, that moment when Bumeri kicks the field goal. We had, as Boston College faithful, you have sat through so many bad um, special teams moments in the last like 15 years. You saw Middle Schmidtle, that game against Duke, where and at the very end of the game, Nate Freeze dings a 25-yard field goal to lose it. You saw the 2014 pinstripe bowl where Mike Knoll misses an extra point. There's countless other games I could probably... Oh, um, the game against Wake Forest last year. So there's all these different games where BC's special teams cost them. And I don't care who the opponent was. It could have been, you know, Framingham High School. The fact that they were able to execute a field goal to win a game was a big moment for this program. It was a big moment. So that it was a great, it was a great win for the team. So that is one of our top four. At number three... It's actually going to come from a loss, but it was one of the most electric plays of the year. And that was Brandon Sebastian scooping and scoring against Clemson. Now, if you were watching that game, Clemson looked like they were about to just blow, uh, not blow the doors open, but jump back into a game where BC had a lead. on, And they were running down the field, and Travis Etienne just needed to run in a one-yard uh, pa- uh, one run to get the Clemson back into the game. And what happens? He fumbles the snap. Brandon Sebastian scoops it off the turf and runs it back 98 yards for a touchdown. Now, at this point, BC had, I believe, a 22-point lead. It looked like Boston College was about to knock off the ACC contenders. They were up at Death Valley. You know, it all falls apart later. But everyone you talk to, anyone who was watching this game can remember what they felt like because that was a moment where you were like, oh my gosh, this is it. BC's going to win. BC is going to take out Clemson. And that didn't happen, but that was a huge moment for Boston College. So we're going to put, and this is the second moment from the Clemson game. So, you know, hopefully next year we'll be picking all moments from BC wins, but that is also one of our moments. The number two moment. Again, we're going football because it just seemed like it was the like what defined this year. 
the Duke win. Duke was the first game of the year. We had no clue what so so many different things about Boston College football, right? You didn't know what this offense was going to look like. Would BC be able to turn around an offense that was made to ground and pound under Steve Adazio and make it the balanced offense that Frank Signetti and Jeff Halfley had talked about? No one knew if that was possible. What would Phil Dracovic be able to do? This is a kid that hadn't started since high school. Would he be able to run an offense? Would he be effective? What could he do? And what about all the other issues with this team? What, 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 there was a million questions going into this Duke game, and Boston College answered them all. And it didn't start off easy, because BC and, in order to, and uh, Duke basically played to a stalemate through the first half. It was those halftime adjustments. I know a lot of people say halftime without the L, uh, which I love. Um, but BC comes back in the second half and then just airs it out, and, and they just light up Duke. And they win um, pretty easily, 26-6. to six. So you get all your answers. You got to see BC beat a, a ACC team. You got to see uh, Jakovic throw the ball pretty well. You know he threw the ball in that game, three hundred yards and a touchdown. You saw Hunter Long make big plays. You saw Zay Flowers. It was a great game, and it was a great way to kick off a season that we didn't even know if it was going to happen or not. Um, and they go out there and they get that early win. So that's our number two moment of the year, and the number one moment. Drum, drum, drum. The pit game. It was a debate for me between the Duke game and the pit game. What was two and number one? Um, and I went back and forth numerous times for this. But I'm going to go with the pit game for number one. Uh, just because of the ending was absolutely insane. This game was nuts. It went back and forth. It, you know, and This was the game that ended with BC scoring a touchdown Pitt scoring a touchdown and looking like they're in command of this game, but missing an extra point. And not only just missing an extra point, this was the game where their kicker, just like 10 minutes earlier, kicked a 56-yard field goal to stay in the game. It was incredible. It was it was bizarre world. And I've said this on the podcast before. This was a year where it felt like Jeff Halfley vanquished many BC ghosts. In that Texas State game, it was the field goal kicks. You know, in the offensive style, they vanquished Steve Adazio's rushing attack. In this game, it was the end. It was that 2014 pinstripe bowl where BC lost on the basically the same thing. In overtime, they missed an extra point. So this was an incredible win. It was a win that didn't feel like it was going to happen. It was one of the most exciting ends of a game I've seen at BC. And you know, I think the big thing to take away from that game was this is the type of game that BC normally loses. Just like the Texas State game where they kicked a field goal to win, that was a game they normally lose. This was also a game they would normally lose. Where you know they let Pitt hang around and Pitt was playing well and moving the ball. But somehow BC hung around too and they ended up with the win. So that's our best moment. I love the Pitt game. It's going to be one of those games you will never forget. And that is our uh, top 10. And in terms of um, moments that just missed, there's the UVA basketball game. I know no one wants to talk about men's basketball, but that was a fun one. Um, When they announced that the football season was going to happen, that was also another big moment. And I didn't put it on there because I didn't want to put it and rank it, but 
you know, just being able to make it through the season with no COVID-19 cases, I thought was huge too. That is a, that, that deserves its own like ranking. That's like its own moment. So those were my three that didn't make it, but would be on, you know, they're, they're great moments as well. So do you agree with me? Disagree with me? I love to hear about it. Hit me up on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC, or you can find me on Facebook at Boston College as I hit the follow button. We're going to be doing lots of live streams. I didn't do one tonight for the basketball game because I had to record this. I had to stay up and watch the game, and um, I'm exhausted, so I want to go to bed. <laughs> so if you want to see me, I'll, I'll probably be doing a game on Saturday, and we'll, we'll talk then, okay? Uh, have a happy new year, everyone. This is our second month that we've completed at Lockdown Boston College. We've done 40-something podcasts already, which is crazy. I love it, though. I've had so much fun doing this, and we're just going to continue building this and making it even better as we get get into the new year. Uh, have, a sa- have, a, have a safe and happy new year, and I'll see you all again next week. Take care, everyone.